0: Welcome to Passion. For more information about Passion, please visit us online at www.PassionChurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress for you three truths that I wanted to share with you the first one was that you cannot equate a crown with covering you'll remember that I hope that we talked about just because you feel anointed and just because someone has crowned you as king doesn't mean that you have the covering of God in your life you can't mistake a crown for a covering I talked to you about the fact that you cannot equate applause with approval just because people are clapping for you doesn't mean God has approved what you're doing in fact I said this to you and I hope you got this in your speech. people will clap you right into a, a catastrophe. They'll cheer you right all the way into destruction if you let them because we applaud talent, we don't deal with character very often and so we will clap for you until your life is destroyed. We've got to make sure that we check in with God that He approves what we're doing. And then we said that a lot of times we equate what is easy with what's right but I want you to know again this morning, I want this to get into your spirit just because it's easy doesn't mean it's right. Right? A lot of times doing the right thing is harder than doing the the thing that everybody else would say is okay. Right? Easy doesn't mean it's right. And so we talked about that last week. So I want to conclude this message, this uh, short series for you today by taking you back into the passage of Scripture that we dealt with last week. And we're going to deal with some bump bump. Basics, All right, I'm going to try to help you understand some things about the bumps that you encounter, that you experience in life, and maybe shed some light on why you're going through what you're going through. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, I'm going through some things. All right, so we're going to try to help you this morning. First Chronicles chapter 13, uh, we're going to read verses 1 through 14. It'll be on the screen for you if you need it, but if you have your Bible, I encourage you to turn and follow along. First Chronicles chapter 13, beginning in verse 1, says this. David consulted with all of his leaders, the commanders of thousands and of hundreds. Then David addressed the entire assembly of Israel. If it seems right to you, and it is God's will, let us invite all of our relatives, wherever they are throughout Israel along with their relatives including their priest and Levites from their cities and the surrounding pastures to join us and let's bring the chest of our God back the chest that was out of sight out of mind during the days of Saul we talked about that last week for 20 years Saul no had no desire to have the Ark of the Covenant back into the the, the kingdom he literally just, dismissed the the physical, tangible presence of God and said, we don't need that. And so now David is saying, let's go back and get it. And so the entire assembly of Israel agreed. Everybody agreed that it was the right thing to do. So David gathered all of Israel together from Egypt's pond of Horus in the southwest to the pass of Hamath in the northeast to go and get the chest of God from Kirith-Jerim. Then David and all of Israel went to Bala, uh, Kirith, Jerom, and Judah to bring back the chest of God, the cherubim throne of God, where God's name is invoked. And they moved the chest of God on a brand new cart from the house of Abinadab with Uzzah and Ahio in charge. In procession with the chest of God, David and all of Israel worshipped exuberantly in song and dance with a marching band of all kinds of instruments. And when they were at the threshing floor of Chidan, the oxen stumbled and Uzzah grabbed the chest to keep it from falling off. God erupted in anger against Uzzah and killed him because he would grabbed the chest and he died on the spot in the presence of God. David lost his temper angry because God exploded against Uzzah. The place is still called Perez Uzzah, which means exploded Uzzah. Crazy name for a city. Or a place in the road David was terrified of God that day And he said how can I possibly continue this parade With the chest of God So David called off the parade of the chest To the city of David Instead he stored it in the house of Obed-Edom The Gittite And the chest of God was in storage In the house of Obed-Edom for three months And God blessed the family of Obed-Edom And everything around him 2 Samuel chapter 6 Verse 6 says this a little more information when they came to the threshing floor of Nacon, the oxen stumbled. So Uzzah reached out and grabbed the chest of God. 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 12. It was reported to King David that God had prospered Obed-Edom and his entire household because of the chest of God. So David thought, I'll get that blessing for myself. I like that right there. I wish somebody would get that in their spirit. I will get that blessing for myself. And so they went and brought up the chest of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David, celebrating extravagantly all the way with frequent sacrifices of choice bulls. In the King James it says like this, They offered sacrifices every six steps. That, that'll be important here in a minute David ceremonious ceremonially dressed in priest linens danced with great abandon before God the whole country was with him as he accompanied the chest of God with shouts and trumpet blasts. I mentioned this last week a wise man once said this he said a a unexamined life and an unexamined life is not worth living and so. We're examining our life. There are some lessons about bumps in this passage that I want to share with you this morning that I think are important. The first one is this. I think we need to understand that somebody else's cart will not withstand your bump. Already getting quiet on me. See, uh, the, the, the cart system had worked for the enemies of Israel. The Bible says that the Philistines captured the Ark of the Covenant and they put it on a cart and they carried it into captivity. And so David sees what they did and makes up his mind that what they did worked for them so it will probably work for us. And so he constructs this new cart But he quickly comes to this realization because of what happens in this passage. He comes to this realization that you can't ride somebody else's cart. You cannot depend just because it worked for somebody else does not mean that it will work for you. You have to get your own ride. You have to get your own relationship. You have to get your own revelation. See, we are cart coveters. We, we, we see what works for somebody else and we think, well, if it, it worked that way for them, it must work for us. And because it's easier to do what somebody else did rather than b- digging out and, and digging in and going deeper into our own relationship, we will just try to ride the coattails of what somebody else experienced. I'm preaching this morning already. Uh, We'll sit on a pew on 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 a row like this and somebody else will get touched in service and somebody else will get blessed in service and we will literally go out of the house of God and we will make this statement, I was blessed today. No, you weren't. Your neighbor was blessed today. we, We will come out of the house of God and say my life was changed forever when the reality is nothing changed. Your neighbor's life was changed forever. You just observed and you're trying to ride their cart. But your cart, somebody else's cart will not withstand your bump. You are going to come into some situations in your life where you have got to have your own relationship and your own encounter and your own experience and your own revelation of God because if you try to ride their cart, what happens is when your bump, when your trial, when your heartache, when your pain, when your destruction walks into your life, if you're trying to ride their cart, as soon as that bounce or that bump happens, happens it will knock you for our loop it'll knock you completely down you've got to have your own encounter with God somebody else's card will not withstand your bump it's time to get your own ride it's, it's, it's time to quit relying on your pastor's revelation. It's time to quit relying on your spouse's revelation. It's time for you to quit re- relying on the TV preacher's revelation. You have got to get alone with God. You've got to spend some time in his word. You've got to spend some time in dialogue with him and get to know him for yourself. David thought, I'll just use what worked for them. You cannot use my experience with God. Can I just tell you how it goes when, when you get sick, it ain't going to do you any good to get on your knees and pray this. Well, Pastor Steve knows you, Lord. <laughs> ah, We do it. We don't even know we do it. Boy, if the pastor would just come pray for me, well why don't you pray for yourself? Why don't you lay hands on yourself because the same Jesus that resides in me and the same authority that resides in me and the same power that resides in me can reside in you if you would get your own cart and develop a relationship. Oh, should we pray for one another? Absolutely. The Bible says that we should do that. But I'm just saying that some of us are so lazy that we covet everybody else's cart and then when we get bumped, we fall. Ah. David found out that somebody else's cart won't handle the bumps that he would face. The second truth that he discovered is this, that worship doesn't make a cart cool. Uh, let, Let me explain. See, the reality for David was this, the cart was a sin. The Bible says that if a man knows to do right and does not do it for him, it is a sin. David knew that the prescribed order of carrying or transporting the glory of God was on the shoulders of holy, consecrated, sacred priests. And yet he decided that instead, because it was easier to do a cart than to get everybody ready, I'll just go get a cart. But for David, that cart was a sin. But the Bible says this, that when he used the cart, everybody worshiped. I read it to you. The Bible says they roll the card out and everybody gets extravagantly excited and they worship and they dance and they shout and they spit and they turn and they do all the stuff that Pentecostal people do and they get, oh, they're, they're having church. But as hard as they worshiped, they could not change sin into blessing. See, I just came to tell you that the problem is in your own life is that You can't out-worship the curse that you bring into your life with disobedience. That is a cart attempt at getting God's blessings. Let let me see if I can explain. Uh, I'm not going to tithe, but boy, when it's time to worship, you're going to say, I'm going to dance and I'm going to spin, and I'll I'll just out-worship a blessing in that will overtake the curse that I've ushered into my life. I got news for you, it doesn't work that way. Uh, I, I'm not going to serve. I know the Bible says that, that save people, serve people. and, and It doesn't say it just like that, but you understand the concept that we, we reach out to people and we help people and all that kind of stuff. But I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to sit and sour. And But boy, when praise and worship is going on, I'll be the first one up. I'll be the first one lathered up in worship. I'll be going crazy. But I got news for you. Just because you're worshiping, that doesn't outdo the sin in your life. I, I'm not going to break the addiction to pornography, but I'll spin and I'll shout. I'm not going to. I'm not going to quit gossiping, but I'll worship. I'm. I, I, I'm not going to quit talking bad about people or coveting. For uh, I'm not going to, but I'll worship. Doesn't work that way. Radical obedience. I said it like this last year. I need to repeat it to you. Radical obedience in one area does not outdo, or does not diminish, or does not dismiss I, 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 radical disobedience in another area. I'm going to say that. Radical obedience in your life in one area does not dismiss radical disobedience in another area of your life. You can't worship your way into a blessing that your lifestyle contradicts. Just because you're worshiping doesn't make your cart cool. God still sees your cart and says that's sin. But I'm worshiping. Doesn't matter. God demands that we live a life of holiness, and uprightness, and righteousness. And you can worship all you want to, but when He points out an area of your life that's not right, you can worship until you blue in the face and all sweaty, and all everybody around you will applaud and say, "Look at the little Pentecostal!" They know how to worship, but that doesn't make your sin acceptable. David learned that in a very real way. The third thing I would say to you is this, is that bumps are the threshold of harvest. I I want you to notice the timing of the bump that David faces. David's bump reveals a really important truth to us that we've got to figure it out. We've got to get this in our spirit. It's right at the moment that David arrives at the threshing floor. Get this in your spirit. At the place of harvest. He experiences a bump. See, y'all are y'all, y'all, y'all thinking, I think, I hope. Isn't it interesting that in our own life, David's, David's life parallels our life so so incredibly interesting to me that it just parallels how our life works. Isn't it interesting that right at the place of harvest, David has this big bounce in his life? See I think what we've got to understand is that it's usually right at the place of breakthrough. It's usually right at the moment of miracle. It's usually right at the place of harvest. It's right at the place where if we would just hang on a little bit longer that a bump occurs and we fail to realize that that bump was the threshold into our breakthrough and so what happens is is we get bumped and we quit. It gets tough and God's been working behind the scenes, and we don't recognize it, don't realize it. And all of a sudden, this this trial comes, this hardship comes, this bad week comes, this bad day comes. Jerk so-and-so walks into our office, and we're right at the breakthrough of our life, and this big bounce occurs, and we stop. We've got to learn the lesson that scripture teaches us. And that is is that bumps are the threshold of harvest. And if you would just hang on just a little bit longer. And if you would just press on through. And if you'd quit getting your attention on the bump and focus on the harvest. You would keep walking. And you'd keep working. And you'd keep worshiping. And suddenly you'd find yourself in harvest. But we allow the bumps of our life to cause us to throw in the towel and quit. One step too early. Bumps are the threshold of harvest. In fact, I, I would probably say to you this morning, and I think I could probably prove it from my own life, and you could probably attest to it in your life you don't get harvest without bumps. Never. I, I, I've met very few people that walk easily into harvest. The enemy comes right at the moment every time and tries to destroy us because he knows that if we get our harvest, we're going to be blessed. And he doesn't like it because he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. If you are being bounced right now, if you are going through some of the hardest days of your life, if you're going through some of the most painful moments of your life right now, hang on. It's just an indication that harvest must be coming because the devil is trying to trip you up and to get you to stop. If finances aren't what you thought they should be, if relationships are strained, if you're dealing with difficulties, hang on. Harvest is coming. Another lesson about bumps is this. Bumps don't reveal weakness. See, we think when people get bumped that they're weak. But let me, just, let me just share some things with you. The Bible says that when they hit this place at this threshing floor and the cart is bumped and it begins to totter and teeter and it's about to, the, the, the Ark of Covenant is about to fall off, a young man by the name of Uzzah reaches out. To steady the cart. Guess what Uza means? He is strong. See, it doesn't matter how strong you think you are. Bumps will always come. See, I, I just want you to understand that you may be the most talented, the most gifted, the most the, graced person in the room. But regardless of how strong you think you are, you will experience a bump. In fact, I want to say this to you. Bumps don't expose weaknesses. What bumps do is they expose the fallacy of strength. See, some of us think that we're way too strong to be bumped. I, I'm just going to bow up and nothing can shake me. You just don't know who I am. I, I'm a man. I, I'm too strong to, to be hurt. I'm too strong to be, be knocked off my game. I'm just, too, I'm just incredibly gifted. You'll never... listen. Bumps don't expose weaknesses, they expose strength. Because our strength is not made perfect in our strength. Our strength, God's strength is made perfect in what? Our weaknesses. He bumps us to reveal our strength so that we will come back to the place where we rely on Him. In other words, I would say it like this, we get too strong for our own britches sometimes. We think we can handle everything with no help. We don't let anybody know we're struggling. We don't let anybody know we're hurting. We don't even tell God we're hurting. Because we want Him to think that we're stronger than we really are. And God will allow bumps to come into our lives, not to expose our weaknesses, but to make us come back to the place where we have to trust Him. See, our strength builds walls and blockades to His strengths. Can I I say it like this? Without bumps in in life... We would trust us. The bumps in my life forced me to go back and trust God. So if you're experiencing a bump right now, it could very well be that what God is trying to do is to get you to realize that you're not as strong as you think you are and he is wanting you to trust him again. That you, cannot, you can no longer walk in your own strength because it's not by power nor by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. And so if I'm walking along, doing everything in my own ability, in my own talent, in my own, my own power, then God will position us where a bump will occur so that I will get my, my eye back off of me and put it back on God. See, that's the other thing you need to know this morning is that bumps are prepared. A bounce is prepared for you. The threshing floor that the Bible talks about in, in this passage that I read to you, where, where this bump takes place in 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 6. It gives us a little more information. And it says that the place where the threshing floor is located is called Nacon, N-A-C-O-N. Nacon means prepared. Pretty interesting. David's bump was Prepared. It was a setup. God had purposely allowed a a bump to be prepared for David. Why? Does God just like to, is he just like a cosmic killjoy and he enjoys knocking us down? And he, he just likes to see us go through difficulty and he's just a mean guy? No. He prepares a bump for you because God doesn't want you to arrive at places that you cannot occupy. That was good. God does not want you to walk into experiences and encounters and blessings that you cannot uh, obtain and keep. And so God will allow bumps to be established in your life and prepared for your life so that you will be knocked down long enough to get your eyes back on him. He bounces us to reveal our lack. Don't despise the bump. How many of you have ever experienced a bump? All right, the rest of you are lying. (laughs) I know you have because God prepares them for us. Because, see, we need to understand that what God does is he doesn't delight in our misery. What he delights in is shaking us. He shakes us to our core. So that we must come back to this place where we are living in right order. David's life was out of order. He was trying to transport glory out of order. So God walk, comes along and prepares a bump to get him to get it right. In other words, God prepares bumps so that we don't prepare excuses. Because if there weren't any bumps, we just make excuses. Oh, my thought life is great, really, bump, and then we realize our thought life wasn't great. My financial house is in order, bump, and then we suddenly recognize that our financial house wasn't in the right order. Are y'all with me this morning? See, I, I just need to tell you that God prepares bumps because that keeps God from having to prepare rescues. If God didn't bump us, we would arrive in places that we don't have the ability, we don't have the strength, we don't have the character to maintain levels of, of, of influence, levels of, of exposure, levels of, of, of encounters with people. We don't have the ability to maintain that. If there wasn't a bump, we would think we're better than we really are. See, he shakes us, he confronts us. We think that our bumps... Take us side by surprise, but we also think they take God by surprise. Well, God didn't know I was going to go through this. Surprise, The surprise is is He prepared it. He's allowing it to shake you. Don't despise the bump. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, your big bounce is coming. Don't fight it. Don't get scared. Don't get nervous, don't, dis- don't, don't, don't fight God. God is just trying to get you to re- get you ready and prepared to handle His glory. because if you're still being bumped, that is an indication that God is trying to take you to new levels of glory. and in order to ab- obtain that and be able to handle that, you, He's got to bump you so that you get your house in order, because your old levels of faith and your old levels of relationship will never be able to handle the levels of glory that He wants to give you. See, old wineskins can't handle new wine. And God recognizes that, and so he will let things come along in our life that totally and completely rock us so that we suddenly go, what's wrong? Am I not praying like I should be? Is there an area of my life that is out of order? What is wrong? And suddenly we recognize that we've got to get it right. The last thing I want to say to you this morning is this. The bump is supposed to bounce you. It's not supposed to stop you. Anybody listening to me this morning? Too many of us never bounce back from the bounce. We go through a hard time and we stop. We experience a tough moment, and we never move, never try, never make another attempt. David teaches us to embrace the bump. I want you to see what happens. Three months later, the Bible says that David calls off the parade and says, We can't do this. He stores the Ark of the Covenant, puts it away. But three months later, he comes back again. And he says, You know what? I can't live without the glory. I want to say to you, some of you have experienced some devastating bumps in your life. But that bump was never supposed to stop you. Some of you have dealt with tragedy and heartache and you've been broken and people have misused you and you've watched people fall and it shattered your impression of them, but it's also impacted you and now you find yourself sitting on the sideline, but you've got to learn the lesson of David. He dusted himself off and three months later, he said it was a bad bounce. It cost me life. It cost me production. It cost me the glory, but I'm not willing to stay here. I'm going to go back and get the blessing because it's worth it. It's not supposed to stop you. It was simply a wake-up call. See, David goes about things differently this time. He gets the priest together and they sanctify themselves. And they go this time and they get rid of the cart. And they, 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 they still worship and they do all that. But he does it right. This time, the Bible says that after every sixth step, he stops and he checks to make sure that the journey is being done right. In a nutshell, that's what bumps are really about. It's God's attempt to make sure that you are checking your journey. It's not to stop you. He just wants you to check in every once in a while. Uh, I, don't, I don't think you get it, see. Uh, you, what you got to understand is that from Obed-Edom to Jerusalem was somewhere between 7 and 10 miles. Think about this now. Here's David. They've got the ark on the the, the the shoulders of the priest like they're supposed to. Get this now. Unbelievable here. Every six steps. One, two, three, four, five, six. For seven to ten miles. Can you imagine traveling like that? Some of y'all can't stand it if it takes you more than three minutes to go 300 miles. I mean, you're, you ain't stopping for nobody. Every six steps. David says, you know what? I want to stop because I've been bumped and I want to stop and I want to make sacrifices and I want to make sure that my life is in order. That is the crux. That is the the pinnacle of understanding, if you will, for bumps is that all God is trying to do when he prepares difficult moments for us, when you're facing trials and you're going through hard time, all he's trying to do is shake you to get you to check in with him every once in a while. So in other words, if if you've been in a relationship and you've experienced a bump, he's just trying to get you to check back in. At work, things are difficult. He's just trying to get you to check back in. How many of us go a lot further than six steps in our life and we make decisions and we make choices and we never stop and ask God, Is this okay? Is this the right order? Is this what you want me to do? We just walk through life oblivious. God prepares a bump to try to shake us so that we'll check back in. It's kind of interesting to me that every six steps, you know, I'm trying not to take too much license with Scripture, but when I couple this passage with the passage in Hebrews that says we should not forsake the gathering together of ourselves... Monday, I take a step and Tuesday, I take a step and Wednesday, I take a step and Thursday, I take a step and Friday, I take a step and Saturday, I take a step. But on Sunday. Y'all ain't listening. On Sunday. That's why this gathering is so important for you. This is why you can't, you can't sleep in. This is why you can't just miss whenever you want to. You've got to recognize that at least one day a week, and I hope it's on every day, but at least one day a week, you've got to come back together and check in and say, God, is my life focused? Am I going the right direction? Do you approve of what I've been doing? Is the relationship I'm in right now right? Is the job I'm about to take okay? Is it? Come on, y'all. we got to check back in. Because, see, some of us have gone weeks and months and years without ever stopping. Paul said it like this in Romans. He said, present yourself as a living sacrifice. That means on a regular basis you've got to build an altar, you got to get the wood, you got to set the fire, and then you got to lay down on it. What does that mean that means i'm living in an examined life that i'm checking with god and asking for his approval in every decision i make and if we don't do that then we would miss the point of bumps every step every six steps seven to ten miles they would offer a sacrifice have you checked your walk lately The bump was supposed to wake you up to the fact that you've taken too many steps. If you are at the place in your life where you are encountering a bad bump, and some of you are, then maybe, just maybe, what God is trying to do is He's trying to get your attention again. See, because many of us live our lives as if we can live them without God. I've been in this so long, I can do this in my sleep. Come on, y'all. I-, I can put on a form of godliness with no power. I can make the right decisions on my own now. I know what a Christian's supposed to do and not supposed to do. Y'all don't look at me like that. Y'all are the same way. I know most of you. And y'all are the same way. You don't even need the Holy Spirit anymore. Oh, you do, but you don't think you do. Right? You, about the time you open up your mouth to gossip, you know you're not supposed to do that because Christians don't do that. About the time you pull into that R-rated, R-rated movie, you go, ooh, I'm not supposed to be here. About the time, uh, come on now, about the, about the time you, you go to work and things aren't going right and you want to say some things you probably know you shouldn't say because Christians don't say those things, that has nothing to do anymore with God. You've just been trained. And so God goes, Bump! What's wrong? I'm just telling you how it is. I'm just trying to help you to understand that if your life is being rocked right now, that's not a bad thing. That's a God thing. He's trying to say, wake up. You've been going too long without my help. You're not right. If we would ever learn to view bumps like that, We would recognize that God's got us, and he's trying to help us. And I'd get my attention off the bump because I don't like bumps. Uh, Have you ever hit a bump in your car and something fall off? If you ain't, you ain't been driving the kind of cars I've driven. I ain't always been able to drive what I drive right now. I, uh, I was in my high school parking lot. I was driving the first car I ever bro- drove. It was a 1969 Nova. It was a beautiful thing. They called it, they called it, I bought it for $500. They called it this, the mosquito fogger. That's what my fam- friends called me because it blew so much smoke out the back end of it that they would get behind me and honk at me and stuff. I hit a bump in the high school parking lot, and my steering wheel came off in my hands. <laughs> I ain't lying. I mean, it literally came off in my hands. I don't like bumps. <laughs> I don't like bumps in my car. I don't like bumps in my relationships. I don't like bumps in my kids. I don't like bumps in my finances. I don't like, my, I don't like bumps in my church. I don't like bumps. I just don't like bumps. But I've come to realize and recognize a really important truth. Bumps. Help me turn to God. And God is so committed and so determined to bring me into new levels of faith and new levels of harvest and new levels of anointing and new levels of blessing that he refuses to make my path so easy that I don't need him anymore. In fact, I would say this to you. God will never bring you to a place in your walk with him where you don't need him. And one of his chief and foremost ways to get our attention is just to bump the dog out of you. Some of you, has to bump really hard. Some of you, he can just nudge you a little bit. But most of us, he has to rattle our teeth to get our attention. What's he trying to do? One, two, three, four, five, six. Stop. Examine my life. Am I doing what he called me and told me to do and if I'm not get it right right now before I take another step before I make another decision before I do another relationship before I do another job before I make another purchase before I go into a new area of influence I will stop and make sure that I'm living right because if I don't get it right on the sixth step by the seventh step he's going to bump me. Some of you just need to check back in. I want you to stand with me this morning. Bump basics. Your bump is prepared. A bump is coming. If you're not in a bump right now, hang on. If you don't stop by the sixth step, can I just promise you something? You will be bumped. But what I want to teach you this morning is that the way we ought to live our life is we ought to live our life so self-examined that God doesn't have to bump us anymore because we're careful. We so long for the glory and the presence and the approval of God in our life that every six steps we stop and go, whoa, hang on, stop the parade. Don't clap anymore. Stop the worship for just a moment. Stop the, the, the professional Christianity for just a moment. And let me check in and make sure that my thought life is okay, that my conversations are okay, that my relationships are okay, that my finances are okay, that everything is in order with God because I want to make sure, because I cannot afford to lose His glory. So I want to challenge you this morning. I, I, I don't know how many steps you've taken. I don't know where you are in your life. I don't know the path that you're on. But some of you just literally need to stop and check back in say God is everything okay can I just say this to you and then I'll pray I'm concerned because I think many of us can go months without ever really asking God am I doing this right that's a scary thought then we wake up with no glory and go what in the world we didn't check in Father, this morning I pray that you would help us to learn from bumps. I pray that you would help us to understand that you are so committed to allowing us to experience the greatest life. Your your word says that you want to bring a life and life more abundantly. But we know that you won't allow us to move into realms and places and territory that we cannot occupy either you won't, you don't want us just to visit you want us to take over those places and we can't do that if our life is not in order and our life is not right so this morning Father I pray that as we conclude today that what, what we would do together is there would be like a holy pause built into us not just today I pray that every day of our life from this point forward we would be reminded so that we don't have to be reminded with a bump we would be so involved in self-examination to make sure that we're living like you've called us to live that you don't have to prepare a bump for us anymore we're checking in on a regular basis God I know this for a fact I know that in Crowd this size, there are scores of people who haven't checked in in a long time. It's not that they don't love you. It's not that they don't count you as their Lord and Savior. It's just that they have figured out how to do life and they've started a path and they're just walking that path and they fail to check in with you. Today I pray that you wake them up shake them just a little bit so that the bounce. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more passion resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.